When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. I am your host today, Charlotte Dunker, and I am joined by Tyrone. Hello, good afternoon. Hello, and Liam. Good afternoon. I've done well there because I've been forgetting everyone's names today, so there was a slight fear that I was going to call someone a name that would offend them. There was quite a pause before you said the first name. Like it was just you were flicking through three or four until you finally landed on it. I think it's we've not done one of these podcasts in in a week, so quite a lot to talk about. United have set a record, club record for successive amount of away wins with the win against Crystal Palace last Wednesday, and um, most recently they just beat Southampton at the weekend. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer still unbeaten in the league. Quite a feat for him. Tyrone, you were there. What did you make of the game? Um, yeah, it was a, it was a strange game in a way. There's some incredible goals in it. I think that's what most people take away from it. United started really well the first couple of minutes. Lukaku had two great chances, and you know you thought at that point it was. You thought at that one it was probably going to be routine, although there's always that thought. You know, Angus Gunn made a couple of good saves. Former City goalkeeper at Old Trafford, and you're thinking, hang on a minute. You know, is this going to be his day? Um, but after that bright start, they just really dramatically sort of went off the boil and, and just went cold. And from about 10 minutes onwards, you know, for a good 20 minutes, Southampton with a better side and, you know, were, were very were very comfortable and probably deserved to be ahead, really. I think De Gea was at any fault for their opener? Um, oh, I've heard I've heard both arguments on this. You always say keeper at his near post should save it, but I think that's always a little bit too simplistic. Yeah, I mean, the fella absolutely smacked it, didn't he? I think he should have saved it. Do you? you? Yeah, a goalkeeper of his goal, a goalkeeper of his quality. Definitely, I think he'd feel disappointed that he didn't stop that. There was a still, I think, going around on Twitter. I think it was today, showing that Luke Shaw was actually could have been in his uh, line of vision. Yeah. So could have blocked it. I thought Shaw was a little bit slow to get out to him as well, to be honest, because Valerie took a touch and sort of wandered forward and Shaw just sort of stood on the 18 yard line it was like Shaw was saying go on then mate have a go and Probably then not thinking he, he was going to yeah, play yeah he did have a go in some yeah, style absolutely. you know De Gea did get two hands to it that's um, why I think he should have saved it which is probably why he should have saved it but it, 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 it was travelling at, at some speed um, equally as impressive was Andreas Pereira's first Premier League goalie and what did you make of that? I thought it was fantastic um, he had a couple of disappointing displays earlier in the season but then obviously came on against Liverpool uh, last weekend and he was really good and then obviously he didn't play against Palace but then played against Southampton the other day and gave another great performance and his goal was well, it was absolutely magnificent um, good work from Dallow on the right wing coming on as a substitute plays it into Pereira and obviously takes a couple of touches bends it into the top corner and I think uh, he's proved maybe a few doubters wrong with his last couple of performances because like you say, he I personally thought he put in a good shift against Liverpool, having to come on so early in the game as well and such a big game. And then he was on the bench against Crystal Palace and Fred came in. I was at the game against Crystal Palace and I thought, especially in the first half, Fred was poor. Um, both of you, 
United are still in the midst of this injury crisis. It seems to be a situation where if you get the chance, you've got to take it. And if you take it and you do well, then that's your position going forward. We don't know how long the players are out for. Matic, Herrera, Mata, they could be out for weeks. United have got a lot of fixtures coming up out of the two of them. Who can you see winning that battle in midfield? Um, At the moment, and for domestic games, you should probably say Pereira based on the weekend. I think United fans have been waiting for one of their Brazilian midfielders to suggest they might have some Brazilian in them. And that was definitely the moment from Pereira. It was a sensational goal. You'd imagine both will have to play on Wednesday. I can't see any scenario where they both don't play together. So, you know, that's going to be interesting. That'll be a real chance for Fred. But if you were picking a team for the Premier League with Pogba back in it for the weekend, you'd probably say Pereira is a more likely starter than Fred at the moment based on on the performance at the weekend and how well he did against Liverpool I think it's dependent on who the opposition is because if Pogba's available uh, Solskjaer want to play him as the most advanced midfielder whereas McTominay will be deepest and maybe if we're playing um, a difficult away game he might want Fred who I think would probably be better further, further back than Pereira we might play Fred against Arsenal next weekend. Well, Mourinho said, didn't he, the reason why Fred wasn't playing more under him was because United weren't solid enough defensively. Yeah. So that suggests that he sees his, he saw him in a more attacking, attacking-minded role rather than this, yeah. rather than this defensive mid role that we've been talking about. Which, to be fair to Scott McTominay, who I've yeah. been critical of on this podcast in the past. Um, I thought he was excellent against Liverpool and again against Crystal Palace in that role. So he stepped up to replace Matic. So it really mm. is, he's going to keep his position, you'd imagine. Pogba will go on to PSG later because he won't be playing in that game. But then it's who is that third? Do you think having that sort of competition on the training ground is going to help push them both of them on? Um, you'd like to think so. I think that's, you know, having competition for places is the sort of, you know, essential for any for any squad to keep you on your toes and for any manager to have. You would you would have said a few weeks ago that midfield was the one area United were, where the gap between first-teamers and reserves was the biggest. You know, Matt Herrera and Pogba are clear first-choice starters, whereas the other three, McTominay, Pereira and Fred, are a significant drop-off, although on recent performances, a couple of them are, are probably edging closer. But you like to think the competition's going to help. I mean... Solskjaer in a very modern way spoke about midfielders in terms of numbers at, at the weekend when he was talking about Pereira and said perhaps he's more of a, an 8 or a 10 than a 6 so presuming McTominay is the 6 there and that's the defensive role then you've got an 8 and a 10 so I'm guessing he thinks Pogba's the 10 so perhaps Pereira's the 8 you would think Fred I mean he, he didn't score a lot of goals at Shakhtar but I'm not sure he's I'm not sure he'd naturally take that sort of Matic McTominay position I'd imagine he's mm, an 8 or a 10 as well and we, we might see more of him playing in that Pogba role against Paris in, in midweek and kind of playing as the as the 10 Do you think it's a, a case of first season syndrome as well because if we look back at Victor Lindelof last season he wasn't given as many chances but then the chances that he was given he didn't perform as well as he has been doing this season players need time to adapt to the Premier League I know Chris, uh, the first half against Crystal Palace it's in some ways looked like he was trying too hard like one minute he was the th- uh, highest man up the pitch the next minute he was chasing back into defence and it just seemed like he wanted to make something work because he feels like he's got a point to prove do you think because some people are writing him off already do you think that's too soon? Yeah I think it's definitely too early to judge him I know he's a £52 million player and when someone comes with a price tag like that you expect him to hit the ground running but that's not always going to be the case 
Okay, well, we're going to have a little halftime break and I've got a quiz question for you both. And Samuel's not here, so it gives you both a chance to get it right. (laughs) Bit longer on the buzzer this time. (laughs) Okay, so this is a Champions League trivia. Not not necessarily to do with United, just uh, just Champions League. So, how many of the previous thirty four teams to lose the first leg of a Champions League knockout match at home by two goals or more have progressed to the next round of the competition? Um, I think it's, is it none? No, I'm a Deportivo La Coruña definitely did it against AC Milan a few years ago. I think they lost the first leg four one, didn't they, or four nil? One did they go through? I feel like they did. I feel like my knowledge of Deportivo La Coruña is not quite up there to answer <laughs> that question without Google. Um, I feel like there's been another high profile one recently. Uh, Barcelona against Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, but P- PSG were at home the first leg for that game. All uh, right, what was the question? Goodness sake. <laughs> Listen to the question. <laughs> How many of the previous 34 teams to lose the first leg of a Champions League knockout match at home oh, right. Sorry. by two or more goals have progressed to the next round? I think it might I'm be. I'm going to have to take your final answer. I think it might be none as well then. So after all the backtracking, I'm going to give the point to Liam because Liam answered it correctly yeah. and first and didn't go around the houses about it. I only know that because it came out after the PSG first leg that United had such an impossible task ahead of them. I was just answering a different question, but I think I got the That's different funny. question right. You yeah, do that. the Deportivo result does ring a bell. So yeah. So but with all this in mind, it does look like a bit of a mountain to climb for United and it's been made worse by the fact that there could potentially be 10 players out injured and we're not just talking about players like squad players you're talking first team players and also Paul Pogba was sent off so he's going to miss the game through suspension so with that in mind who are you going to start? Well I think it's in a way it makes who you're going to start easier because you haven't got anyone you haven't really got anyone so I mean, it, the goalkeeper in defence is going to be the same as the weekend, you'd say. That's going to be yeah. pretty obvious. Then yeah, Young, small in Lindelof. No, sure. why, don't, why don't we run through our starting 11? Yeah. You want to run through them? Yeah. Go on, because I'm writing a piece, so this will help me when I I'll go De Gea, Young, I've Lindelof, Smalling, <laughs> Shaw, <laughs> McTominay, Pereira, Fred. Yeah. And then I think it might be a surprise. I think Martial might be fit even though Ooh. he said he not do you think mind games from Solskjaer I think Ollie might have taken a leaf from the Sir Alex Ferguson mind games chapter do you, but do you really think that <laughs> that one word those two words Anthony Martial is going to send shivers down the spine of the PSG players um, well I mean on, on his first mind game to play <laughs> it is a weird mind game to play given that before Champions League games they train in front of the press so there's no if he's like, I know it's last minute he's but there he's still yeah. going to be there and it's still going to be 24 hours before the game true true um, and he wasn't very good in the first no leg he wasn't very he good in the first leg but while him and Lingard were on the pitch in the first leg PSG were about five, at least five yards deeper than they were in the second half when they yeah, went off so I think good. Solskjaer will want that threat of pace excuse me just to kind of pin PSG back so I mean, I, I might be stabbing in the dark here. He might be injured. Solskjaer might be telling us the truth. And if he is, I'll issue say, him a full written apology. giving us some insider information or is this just a total no, I'm giving stab you, in the dark? I'm giving you the words that are coming out of my mind as, <laughs> as it's happening live. It's a total stab in the dark. Um, we don't want any other publications to be 
Solskjaer. No, there's no inside information Solskjaer here. Solskjaer is messing everyone around over this is Martial's. Total okay. guesswork. But I'm, get, I'm guessing you're going Rashford Lukaku. Rashford Lukaku, Martial, yeah. or Rashford Lukaku, Dallow, if it turns yeah, out my stab I in think, the dark I is think ridiculous. Dallow. He was really good when he came on uh, against Southampton. So uh, you picking the same team? I think, yeah. Ten, same 10 players, but Dallow instead of Martial. Because I thought he made a Not really, that anyone can see, really but this is what I've got written down on my pad. Yeah. Not that I'm going to gain any points for. You've got the same as Liam. Was that pre, uh, pre podcast, really? Yeah, this yeah. is pre podcast, just so you know got witnesses it's fine yeah so the, as you say there seems to be one decision that he's going to have to make if Martial's out there's no decision to be made over it but Delo, um he's played twice on the right wing now came, played there against um, Crystal Palace and then came on against Southampton how impressed have you both been with him on the right wing I think he's been absolutely magnificent I feel like from the first time we ever saw him you knew he wasn't just your conventional right back He's, had a, he's got a trick in him he can beat a man and he puts a great cross into the box so I think I think potentially going forward he, he might develop into a winger that further down the line in his career but for now for United uh, I think he will be a right back at first but needs must at the moment and I think he'll play on the right wing uh, on Wednesday night yeah I think he might play on the right wing on Wednesday night if Martial's not fit I think he was really good on Saturday I mean he did more in five minutes than Sanchez had done in 50 you know, he had far more of an impact and he just brought so much more energy and zest to the performance than, than Sanchez. The contrast was pretty remarkable. Um, he put that cross in that Rashford really should have scored from with pretty much his first touch, yeah. the header. Um, and then, you know, he'd rolled for the goal. He, he, you know, he was really direct. He drove forward. He was pacey. And it was noticeable, although obviously Pereira took a lot of credit for the finish. As the players were going back to the halfway line, it was noticeable how many went to Delow and you know, just kind of congratulated him and patted him on the back. So, you know, he's had a real impact. And I think we could see, you know, even from his debut against Young Boys, you could see that he was a very modern fullback and that he was good going forward and he could offer something going forward. I'm not sure if he'll end up as a right winger longer term. I I would keep him at right back and just have him well, as United a... United need a right, a long term. United right need a long term right back. And a right winger, to be fair. And a right winger, yeah. <laughs> Imagine, so think you've solved one problem, but you've solved another one, yeah. and creating a problem yeah. for yourself somewhere else. But I think he's. I think he can be a very modern fullback, and he's very quick. He can get forward well, and I think you know it'd be ideal attacking from deep in that fullback role. So I think he's he's proved that he can play on the wing at the moment, and he's a good stopgap there. But I would like to see him stay at right back long term. Do you think that it could be? I'm not saying that he's going to be the secret weapon to help United win, but in some ways it's easier would be easier for them to prepare if Lingard was playing if Martial were playing because you've got so many videos you can go back through and you can see how United play with Lingard on the right or Rashford or Martial on the right whereas it's a bit of a surprise he's played one game there against Palace mm. and then came on as a sub so they've not got that much to go at do you think he could be the secret to United winning? Possibly well Jurgen Klopp would tell you it's harder to prepare when you've got all those injuries and you don't really know the, the Klopp team likes to come up he, with excuses for everything he's got a big honest. book of excuses definitely um, yeah I mean they, they don't know a great deal about Dallow I guess but there's so much footage out there these days that I don't think much will come as a surprise to to PSG you know that he's played he's played right wing previously I think coming through the ranks at Porto and you know, these days PSG can probably get footage of a couple of those games and see what kind of threat he offers. So I don't know how much of a surprise it'll be to them, but it'll definitely, he offers something very different, I think, to United's other wide players who are more kind of cut inside, link the play. He's very much a, 
you know, yeah, right winger line, on the touchline, whip crosses in, which would be good for Lukaku. So he does offer something different. So one player who won't be playing is Alexis Sanchez. He hobbled off with what we think is a ligament damage in the win against Southampton at the weekend. Um, a Chilean journalist who has got quite close links with Sanchez has just put out that he expects him to be out for six to eight weeks, which is basically nearly the end of the season. So <laughs> the million dollar question, is that one of the last performances we've seen from Alexis Sanchez in a United shirt, Liam? I think it's too soon to say. Uh, I mean, he's been massively disappointed in the last two games. I thought he was good when he came on against uh, Liverpool. He came on for Lingard, didn't he, when he went off injured. Uh, but then he was given his chance from the start against Palace, really poor again. And then, obviously, before he came off with this injury <coughs> on Saturday, again, he was, really, he was really ineffective. I mean, whether it's the end of his United career, I mean, it's, I think it's too early to say. If he is back in eight weeks, we'll still see him in May. The season runs till the end of May. The Champions League finals on June the first. I don't think United are going to be there. Alexis <laughs> Sanchez to save his Manchester United career in the Champions League final. That's a big one. He's got the FA Cup final. I think but, it's on the 18th. I'm not, I'm not sure what the date of the FA Cup final is, but I think with the length of Sanchez's contract and the wages that he's on, I mean, it's difficult to see what, where he's going to go. Like, what club is going to pay? What United are paying to mm. him? He's the highest mm. paid player in the Premier League on what we believe to be around £450,000, £500,000 a week. So whether it's the last we see of Sanchez or one of the last times we see Sanchez in a United shirt, um, I'm not quite sure. It's one of those where if he's out injured though, every time he plays you think this is going to be the chance that he's going to prove himself, he's going to prove why he should be in the starting eleven. And like you said, you've just named three a couple of occasions there where he hasn't proved himself again despite the injury crisis. So without them chances to prove himself when it comes to the summer and you're looking who you want to get rid of and who you want to bring in surely he's going to be on that list that you're contemplating letting leave yeah but you you can't just let him leave you need interest in him and the problem United have got is that he's on such a long contract and such a well remunerated contract that who possibly who in Europe is going to want to buy him no one really you can't imagine I mean I know he's only 30 but if you've watched him for the last 18 months there's not going to be clubs in Serie A or Liga going well have a go on him he wants to go to China though why does Sanchez want to go possibly also the Chinese aren't idiots the Chinese can see how he's playing as well so sign Marouin Fellaini yeah but he was still (laughs) he was still looking a relatively competent footballer at the moment Sanchez doesn't Sanchez looks shot at the moment he looks physically and mentally shot I know but they could sell it they could sell it like oh things aren't working for him at United he needs a change of scenery and he could find that Arsenal form that he's not found at Old Trafford possibly but I still don't think even in China I don't think they'd be mad enough to give Alexis Sanchez the money he's on at Man United whatever if United get rid of him then if someone came in for him this summer I think United is still going to be paying a large chunk of his contract still for a long long time unfortunately which is why I think they're going to be loath to give up on him I mean it was noticeable on Saturday that to start with he had such a free role I think nominally he was probably playing at the tip of a diamond Mm. to start with but he was drifting all over the place and he clearly had he had a tactical freedom that he'd not really earned through performances but he still didn't do anything he still didn't do anything with it but you sensed it was kind of you know another attempt from Solskjaer to get something out of him I mean he did play a really good pass to Luke Shaw but that's just one moment you'd hope for a, a bit more, more really. Out one <laughs> I know, yeah. Played in the entire game. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was it was noticeable when he went down injured that United kept the ball in for a long time after he'd gone oh, down they bothered, injured, really? and they weren't bothered. And you could see Pogba waving his arm 
and it was almost like it was almost like they were playing on and thinking well we've been playing with 10 anyway do we really need him and also it makes it kind of makes you wonder that there's obviously a it made me wonder that there might be a feeling within the United camp that he's a bit of a whinger a bit of a crybaby and that perhaps the players had seen this before in training and that when Alexis Sanchez is lying on the floor you just ignore it you just ignore it because perhaps he's not as seriously injured as you think because if that was Marcus Rashford lying on the floor they'd kick the ball out straight away bit harsh given that he's now injured but oh yeah and I'm not saying he was that's just how it came across because I think if it was Rashford Lukaku had Marshall or Lingard been on the pitch and they'd have been lying not moving in really in the penalty area I think he'd kick the ball out straight away but there seemed a reluctance from United to do it straight away which suggests that you know and there was a few sort of arm waving towards that area like come on get back involved and obviously it turns out he has got a nasty injury and might be out for two months so you know on this occasion he was right but it wasn't I didn't think it was a great look for how he's viewed within that dressing room yeah, that they kept the ball in for so long they should put the ball out even you'd think so yeah yeah you'd think so it wasn't it wasn't a good look it didn't strike me that it was a harmonious dressing room and it didn't it didn't suggest he was you know particularly well viewed in that dressing room the fact that they were so reluctant to put the ball out for so long while he was down injured interesting point you said about if they wanted to get rid of him in the summer and the wages and who's not going to pay them and whatever a problem that United have got keeping him there is that the players that are trying to negotiate new contracts that one of the reasons why De Gea's new contract mm. is stalling is because he quite understandably given the way he's carried United for the last few years wants to be the highest played member in the squad if you've got a player like Alexis Sanchez who's on such astronomical wages and De Gea's not agreeing to sign a new deal because of this mm. that's another reason in the tick box as to why it would be even if they had to fund part of Sanchez's wages in a in a bit of a contract to get him to go somewhere else, if he's not on their wage books, and then it's a different problem solved, isn't it? It is, yeah. But I think the players still know how much he was given to to sign. Obviously, it's a bit different because he's well, he was bound. I know that United gave Arsenal Mkhitaryan, but he was basically a free agent. Mm. And free agents. I mean, it's quite funny. The Bosman when the Bosman rule came in and players were available on a free use of you as a bargain. Whereas now, players just run down their contracts because they know that the transfer fee will just go to them instead. Like you look at how much Ramsey's supposedly on at Juventus. So yeah. I don't think there's any such thing as a free transfer now because you just end up paying the player the transfer fee and players are just running down their contracts to make even more money. So, you know, players still know how much he was on. So even if he goes in the summer, there's still probably an argument that De Gea might be like, well, you gave him that much so we can clearly afford it. But then you give De Gea that and Pogba's going to be knocking at the door saying, well, hang on. It's not a great business that model, money. is it? It's not a great business model, no. And it's going to end up it's going to end up costing you more than just Sanchez's contract if you have a queue of players knocking at the door of Ed Woodward saying, I want that money as well because I'm better than him. The thing is, there are only a few players at United who can justifiably say, I do want that money though. Are, when Sanchez yeah. came in, I know he didn't have a great first half of the season for Arsenal last year, but he was still regarded as one of the best players in the Premier League. So it's not like they've given a player... A bang average player, four hundred and fifty grand, five hundred grand no, a week. Absolutely not. Given one of the best players in the league, three hundred and fifty rather than. This was a big discussion mm. on the desk the other day okay. with our chief uh, Manchester United writer, who said it's one of the biggest fables in football that he's paid five hundred grand. Regardless, what? he's still he's still the top played yeah. player at United, and De Gea is probably work, like he's the best goalkeeper in the world. He has been for five years. Been United's Player of the Year four mm. out of the last five seasons. He's worthy of. Like uh, financial parity with Sanchez, mm-hmm. you could probably argue Paul Pogba's form, he would be as well. 
I um I don't think I'll give up on him this summer. I think he'll be there next year, Sanchez. I think I'll give him another. I think shot. I think if the opportunity arose, they would want to get rid of him though. But I just think yeah. it would be so hard to do. So. Yeah, I yeah. I think if 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 a club from China did come in and said we'll give you this money, you know, we'll pay his wages, we'll have him, then they would do. But like I say I think it's gonna be so hard to get rid of him that I think they'd probably rather keep him than let him go and still pay him 150 grand a week do you think they would let him go on a free so that the club that signs Sanchez can give what maybe like what they might have paid in a transfer fee they can just bulk up his wages and then that attempt him to go yeah I think you know I just want to get him off the wage I think this is yeah I think well, given they didn't pay any chance. money like physical transfer yeah. it's not like they, no. it's not like they've lost money on the player is it no if they, were, if they were if they could get him off the books for free and not pay any of his wages for the rest of his contract they'd probably take it but again, I'm not sure any clubs will. Yeah, I agree. Come up with a deal like that, which right. is why I think they'll give him another chance. Which is why I think they're so reluctant to give up on him. No. That's probably why I've been starting quite a few games. Yeah. Well, it's one that's going to run and run definitely until the end of the season, and then we'll it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer. Um, so finally, either of you, do you think not to be negative about this? The players are speaking it up. They're going to pull off this dramatic comeback in Paris given the team that's going to start no disrespect to a midfield three of McTominay Pereira and Fred do you think United can go to France and do it? Um, I think you'd have to say no given the statistics that we spoke about with the quiz question before but you know it is football we, do, we never know but I think Pogba's going to be the biggest miss mm. like he's he's the one player who's got that star quality in midfield and uh Without him, I think I feel like it was kind of overlooked how big of an incident in that game because it was in the closing stages yeah. of the first leg when he got sent off. It was kind of overlooked. Like, oh, United have lost two 0 anyway. They're going to go out. But if they had the team that they, if they had a full strength team, Pogba in it, get an early goal, anything can happen. But I think it'll be difficult with that midfield three, regardless of how well they've played of late. Yeah, I think the moment Pogba got sent off was when United's chances went from maybe five percent to one percent there's always a chance in football but it you know it, it would be if United went there and came out with a victory and went through it would be a miracle and it'd be, it's got to be up there with one of their best Champions League results of all time if they go there if they go there on Wednesday and pull that off if they go there and win 2-0 or 3-0 or 4-1 or something like that 3-1 three, three would do three it 3-1 well. would do it wouldn't it? it yeah then yeah it would be absolutely remarkable yeah. I mean think you know there's a, there's a lot of like thought about how you approach it and a lot of people say you need an early goal but I don't think you do need an early goal in fact if anything I'd say you probably don't want an early goal because then it just gives PSG longer to kind of shake themselves back into it I think in an ideal world United go in at half time nil-nil and then take the lead midway through the second half even if all United need is the first goal even if they score in the 85th minute to go 1-0 up there's going to be five minutes of absolute panic at PSG especially considering and in the press box and in the press box yeah <laughs> rewrites um, there'll be absolute panic because PSG have blown very good situations in the Champions League before and this is the competition that means everything to them they could win Liga and with their eyes closed they could fill the reserves and win Liga and it's a farce of a competition at the moment for PSG so it's all about the Champions League and they've blown big advantages before so if United take the lead even with 5-10 minutes to go it'll be panic stations there so I think you know in an ideal world I'd say don't score early I'd say be 0-0 at half time score in the second half 
going against panic. what every Setting. single United player we've spoken Disagree to in the past few weeks has said, but it's good <laughs> it job, but you're not the one doing the team talk, so I'm not. No, there's a reason I'm uh, I'm writing about it rather than in the dressing room. You might see a different setup than the one Tyrone suggested. So we're going to leave it there, and we'll be back after the PSG game. And who knows whether United will have pulled off one of the greatest European results of recent times or not? Surely it'd be Ollie's job after that. Thanks very much for joining me, both of you. Pleasure. Um, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Acast, iTunes or whatever podcast listening network you use and we'll see you again next week.